you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here for a little Move the Sticks podcast action and Buck. Man, we got a lot to get to today, man. We've got a, a fun Monday night game. I did not anticipate that game being as competitive as it was. And uh, some other good things to get to today. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the Monday night recap. We are going to go through a little project, the three P's checklist. Going to talk about the rookie quarterbacks, how they're doing with the playmakers and the play callers around them. Then Nick Bosa withdrawing from school to focus on his health and training. And finally, a little college football recap on the weekend that was. Yeah, we got a uh, we got a big time guest on the show today. We're not going to tell you who it is. One of the premier players in college football, though, will join us on today's podcast. So stick around for that interview a little bit later on in the show. But Buck, let's start here with this Monday night football game: Green Bay, San Francisco. Nice to see a little rebound game there. We have a, we have a kicker that's reared as one of the all time great kickers. Struggled the way Mason Crosby did against Detroit. It kind of it did it feel good inside to see him come out there and put a bunch through the uprights in this one as Green Bay uh, was able to squeak by the 49ers in this one. It absolutely felt good um, to watch him kind of have some success. Uh, anytime you have the day that he had uh, the week before, you just worry about it kind of bleeding into other games. But he was able to bounce back, knock down the game winner, also nailed a big kick when they needed it down the stretch. And so for the Green Bay Packers, uh, their loyalty and their patience uh, was rewarded. Mason Crosby bounced back with a big game. Yeah, and I think the other thing, uh, I mean, look, the big storyline is probably around the quarterbacks in this one. Start first with Aaron Rodgers. You know, we've seen Mahomes and we saw Brady. They, they dueled it out the other day. We've seen some of these other quarterbacks playing at a very high level. Um, guys like Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees playing at an exceptional level. And Aaron Rodgers kind of just reminded everybody, yeah, you know what, uh, I'll go ahead and drop four, 400 plus on, uh, on the 49ers. Just remind everybody I'm, I'm still here. 
I mean, he's still there. He's still a fantastic player. I think the big thing, um, when I look at Aaron Rodgers, he wasn't playing great for the majority of the game, but he found a way to find his rhythm, particularly down the stretch. And with those young receivers, we talked about how big those guys were, Equinemius St. Brown, um, Mark Valdez Scantling had a, yeah, had MVS being able to make, make plays. And then uh, Devontae Adams making plays down the stretch. And I, I said this, I tweeted this out last night when I watched the game. I don't know if anybody throws the back shoulder fade better than the Green Bay Packers, the way they connect. I think, yes, Aaron Rodgers puts it exactly where it needs to be, but the wide receivers understanding how to create contact, kind of separate, find the way, and continue to keep their feet in. We saw that that last two-minute drive. They ran three straight back shoulder fades to move the ball down the field. That's unheard of. Uh, they were able to get it done. Great win for the Packers. They aren't playing well, and I really don't know how good this team is, but that win kept them in the hunt, keeps them in contention. No doubt. And, and on the other side, I want to give – Kyle Shanahan and C.J. Beathard a little bit of love to keep this game competitive. Like, it's a one-in-five football team, but I could argue this is about the perfect way for things to go for them since they had the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo. You're hoping you're going to get over the hump here, big transition year with, with Garoppolo year two. Maybe you get to 9-10 wins, maybe you sneak into the postseason. Once that injury took place, along with Jarek McKinnon, your big offseason addition, to me the best thing that can happen for the 49ers be competitive each and every game. See some of your young players develop and make plays and lose. And so lose. you can get a high pick next year and add a weapon once you get Jimmy Garoppolo back, McKinnon back, and you see a massive increase in the win total next year. But to me, they were they were more than competitive in this game. And C.J. Beathard, man, he is he is tough as a $2 steak, as one of my old coaches used to say. Man. He, <laughs> he is not afraid when he takes off with the ball in his hands. No, he's certainly not afraid. And he made some plays. I mean, he made some plays. I know he had an ill-advised throw at the end that gave the Packers an opportunity to – I mean, no one thought that it would go 90 yards down the field. But he gave them a chance with the, the ill-advised pass. But – he played pretty well for a backup quarterback, and you're right about the San Francisco 49ers getting exactly what they should want out of the scenario. Play well, be competitive, lose, get a high pick, and then find a weapon or two to be able to put around the quarterback. Uh, the thing that I'm curious about, which direction will the San Francisco 49ers go when it comes to adding weapons? Is there a wide receiver that we'll look at in 2019 class that we feel is worthy of being taking that way or will it be a situation where they take the best player and maybe that player isn't necessarily a perimeter playmaker but it's someone that can either add to the offensive line or in the secondary or whatever mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what they elect to do with their draft capital yeah it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch I, you know you feel they've got the young quarterback they like mckinnon when he comes back healthy to go along with with Breida. that's a nice combination their little one-two punch in the backfield so you feel good about where you are there Drafted a tackle McGlinchey last year, but Joe Staley getting a little bit older might have to find his eventual replacement on the other side. So that might be a place where they look with that offense, maybe even uh, in that other elsewhere on that offensive line. George Kittle's become a nice little young tight end for them. So there's some good pieces. I mean, look, it's a one and five football team. Have yet to win an away game this season, but there's uh, there's some good pieces in place right now, and a bunch of help coming once these guys get healthy uh, going into next season. So I thought for the 49ers, about as good as you could hope for in that contest. Uh, let's get to the three P checklist here, Buck, because Ooh, like uh, this is something we talk about on the pod all the time. If you've listened to us, you know, we, we say this, the keys to helping any young quarterback, you can make a case for, for any quarterback, regardless of age, you want these three P's in place. Now, the difference is with a veteran quarterback, you can overcome if you're missing one of these three P's. I think you you can still see guys that can, can get it done without one of these things in place for a young quarterback. <coughs> are near impossible. You have to find, people in these roles for these three P's to be successful. They are playmakers, 
protection, talking about the offensive line, and the play caller. Who's calling the plays, who's designing the offense. So I want to go through. We had five first-round quarterbacks. Now I know uh, Lamar Jackson is the is the one here that hasn't started a game yet. He's been rotating in a little bit, getting a little bit of burn. But it doesn't change the fact that in the offseason, they're going to have to you know address what their needs are and what, how you stack those needs and priority, what they have, what they don't have. But I thought we'd just go through the checklist here and say what do they have in place at the three Ps and what should be the priority after having seen – you know, six weeks of football right now, what should be the priority going forward? You ready to roll? Just do it. All right, let's start here with Baker Mayfield, the first overall pick. Um, you've got playmaker, protection, play caller. Let's look at where they are in all three slots, Buck, and what should be the priority uh, moving forward. Let's start here at playmaker. What do you think? You know, I think they're decent at playmaker. Um, I like Jarvis Landry as a slot receiver. Um, they're paying him like he's their number one. In theory, I think they could create a situation where he could be the number one. I like David Njoku being able to make plays down the middle of the field. So now you have the middle of the field really under wraps because you have two players that can work inside the numbers. I think the big thing for the Cleveland Browns, they need someone who can take the top off the defense. I know you, in theory, may have that Antonio Callaway. You're supposed to have that and Corey Coleman. This would be the year for the Cleveland Browns to go and get a, a burner, a difference maker on the outside, someone who can alleviate some of the uh, the coverage on Landry and Njoku and allow Baker Mayfield to have big plays. When you go back and look at his best teams, his best time at Oklahoma when he had D.D. Westbrook on the outside making a ton of plays, they need to find a playmaker that is like that, a burner who also can run routes. Yeah, I, I, t- I think you, you know, I'm on the same page with you here. I like Jarvis Landry's a nice piece. Um, but I still think you're looking for somebody. Maybe, in theory, what they're looking for was Josh Gordon to be Josh Gordon. Now, they, for whatever reasons they had there, they decided to move on from him. But some size-speed combination there, and even somebody that can win with their frame on third down. Jarvis Landry's excellent as a route runner. He's physical, but doesn't have that big frame <coughs> that you're looking for, 6'3", uh, type wide receiver. So maybe a big frame like that and somebody that can go. Antonio Callaway, you talk about take the top off the defense. Oh, he can do that now. He just can't catch. Uh, yeah, saw, just having a tough time like last it, week. He, he's having a tough time for for whatever reason. You're talking about a guy who had traditionally been a pretty good player when it came to making plays, catching the ball out the backfield. Hasn't necessarily been the guy that we thought he would be. And so they need to find the guy. But they also need to invest in a playmaker on the outside, meaning invest a top pick in a guy that turns out to be what they think he can be, uh, unlike Corey Coleman for them. They need a big-time player to step up and make plays. We'll see if they can find that in the draft. All right, I'm going to give him, uh, I'd say, like, what do you think, a, a B- minus for playmakers there, Buck? What do you think? Yeah, no, I think overall it's been, it's been pretty pretty good. I'd give him a B-minus for playmakers. Too. We yeah, haven't the talked ba- about the backs. I mean, Duke Johnson is maybe arguably one of the best pass-catching backs in the league in terms of his production in the slot. So, yeah, I think you could be excited about what he brings to the table and do some of the things that he, he's been able to do for them on the perimeter. All right, protection-wise, I'll, I'll lead us off here. Haven't seen this team up close and personal last week. The interior three is as good as it gets. When you look at Joel Batonio, J.C. Treader, Kevin Seitler, they're outstanding there in the middle of that offensive line. Uh, they, they can obviously move the move the line of scrimmage, help you in the run game, and they're very firm in pass protection. I like what they bring to the table there. Desmond Harrison, the undrafted rookie left tackle, is gifted, but he is still very raw. You see some holding penalties. You see him get turned around a little bit. But there is upside. There's potential there. Uh, Corbett, who they took in the second round, is not starting. They mix him in the game some when they go to their six linemen look. A key depth piece there. And then Chris Hubbard at right tackle. To me, personally, I think you'd like to upgrade there. But they're not in bad shape here. In fact, I would probably say when you look at their protection, I would probably throw uh, – I'll throw a B-plus on them there for protection there, Buck. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the the offensive line has been solid. They've been able to run the football, so part of the protection comes from their ability to be able to run the ball and put protect the quarterback from these long yardage situations. So I think they're on the right track. Um, still could upgrade and still get a little bit better, but I think overall um, the operation is pretty solid at the point of attack. And their running backs are good in pass protection as well. All right, play caller, what do you think here with Todd Haley? You know, I like Todd Haley. I think what Todd Haley was able to do in Pittsburgh, what he was able to do previously in Arizona, he's a proven play caller. And I think as we continue to see this Browns offense evolve with Baker Mayfield in mind, um, he'll put the young quarterback in a situation to succeed. Um, I just think they need more weapons around him. When they get the weapons around him, I think you'll see Baker Mayfield's game take off with Todd Haley calling the plays. All right, let's get to uh, let's get to Sam Darnold here. What do you want to give play call? You want to give him A? You want to give Haley an A? Yeah, I give Ty Haley an A. I think I think we've seen how they've been, how effective they've been with the young quarterback. I think that's something that's very very hard to do, especially when you expose them to th- high thirty plus pass attempts. Um, I think he's kind of held up well. I think some of that is due to the play call that really put him in his in his wheelhouse. All right, let's get Sam Darnold here. We we'll look at Sam Darnold and this Jets offense, what they have around him. Uh, let's start here with playmakers. What do you think of this Jets group, Buck? Uh, playmakers, you know, initially when I hit into the season, I thought they were C at best. The one yeah. thing that I will say, if they've kind of discovered a way to be productive on the ground, um, their ability to have a collective running attack is taking some of the pressure off Sam Darnold. And then they've had a different guy step up each week on the outside, whether it's Quincy Inouye, Jermaine Curse, Terrell Pryor has shown up. Uh, they found a way to get it. But overall, when you rank the group based on their personnel versus others in the league, I think you have to be generous and maybe give them a C. I can imagine going much higher than that. All right, I'll stick with you there on a C. Quincy Noon was hurt right now, but when healthy, great after the catch, physical. Robbie Anderson we've seen maybe a little bit inconsistent, but, man, he could take the top off the defense. A couple of those big throws over the last couple of weeks down the field. Terrell Pryor, you know, he's always going to be who Terrell Pryor is, inconsistent, wild play, and then the next play you're going, what what just happened? Um, so, to me, finding the, a true number one, I don't think they have a true number one. I like the young tight end, and Herndon liked him coming out. I think he's got a chance to be a really solid player there. But there's no clear-cut number one option. So, I'm with you there. I think that's a place they could address here in the offseason. Protection-wise, look, they've run the ball. That helps protect you. But you've seen in some games they're a little bit leaky up front. Uh, I still think there's a need there on the offensive line to find a, a premier tackle uh, would be a huge addition. Yeah, finding someone up front. I mean, they really haven't been good at tackle since DeBrickishaw Ferguson retired a few years ago. So finding a franchise tackle, someone that you can hang in there and say, hey, this is my guy that's going to make sure that my quarterback is protected. Everything in the offseason coming up has to be about elevating Sam Donald's play. He's already shown you that he can do more with less now give my opportunity to really have an opportunity to have some big weapons around him. I think you'll see his game continue to elevate. All right, so we're going to go C there, protection C. Yeah, we'll go to C. All right, play callers there. I think Jeremy Bates, I tip my cap to him with how he's designed this offense to, to help Sam Darnold. I, I'm a big fan of what he's what he's done. I didn't know uh, how was he how was he going to fit. We've seen, and, you know, he's got a, a long track record and even go back to him he was doing some things in college. A little bit skeptical, to be honest with you, when they we made this pairing here. But, man, I, I've been very impressed with Jeremy Bates and how he's designed this offense. Yeah, really, really impressive um, in terms of what he has been able to do. He has really put Sam Darnold in comfortable situations. They've thrown it some on first down. They've used some empty to give him some easy completions. They've used some of the play action stuff because the running game has been successful. And what you're seeing each week, he's building a little bit week by week to kind of get him prepared for next year and beyond. Um, 
I think it takes some patience. I think it takes some foresight. It also takes the ability to be able to evaluate your quarterback and where he is versus where he could be. And I think Jeremy Bates has done a really, really good job uh, with Sam Darnold to this point. All right, let's, uh, let's pick up the pace here as we crank through these. Uh, let's get to the next one here. Unfortunately, he's hurt right now with Josh Allen. Uh, Playmaker-wise, buckets, there's not a lot to get excited about there. Zero. Uh, I mean, they have nothing that you can really be excited about with the exception of Shady McCoy. On the outside, there's no one that I would necessarily hang my hat on. Um, I think if you had to grade them, I think you'd give them a, a D as being very, very generous in terms yeah. of what they have. The Buffalo Bills have to be committed to really upgrading the perimeter weapons around Josh Allen. I think they need multiple wide receivers. Uh, you can say that Charles Clay can certainly play a tight end, but they also need – I mean, they have to find another running back to eventually replace Shady McCoy. A lot of their offseason work has to be geared towards building this offense up. And this is crazy because for Buffalo Bills fans who are used to seeing the K-gun of the 90s, they have to cringe when they see those wide receivers trot onto the field. They just need better. All right, protection-wise, I look, I saw this group up close uh, earlier this year against the Chargers, and it was not pretty. Uh, in that one what, what letter grade do you want to give this group I've penciled in a D but I don't know if I'm being too harsh Buck if you need to upgrade that to a C minus I'm okay but I'll let you have the final word oh man I think a D is appropriate I think a D is a, <laughs> a nice grade uh, it's not a lot to be excited about outside the fact that they play hard I mean when you look at the tape um, it's amazing what they've been able to accomplish on offense with the weapons that they have and what they have at the front line like they just um, a lot of injuries uh they traded away some guys on the front line. They just are not a very, very talented group at the point of attack. And so I don't really know what to make of this offense. This offense overall is probably a D to me. Yeah, play caller Brian Dayball, I'm going to give him a C. He, As you can see, he does not have a whole lot to work with there. I have a hard time going lower than a C just because I don't know, you know what you're trying to get out of this group right now. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's trying. He, he He's had some moments, like obviously the moment that – he had versus the Minnesota Vikings is probably right now at the top, and they haven't had many of those moments since. But they found a way to eke out games. Some of it is by managing the game, running the ball, um, playing keep away from the opponent. But in terms of eventually, you want to see how can they build this offense to make it dynamic and explosive with Josh Allen in the fold. Uh, I think Dayball has some things in his bag, but right now we have to give him a C because we haven't seen a lot of production from this offense. No question. We get to uh, Josh Rosen here, playmaker. You've got Larry Fitzgerald. You've got David Johnson. I don't know how much longer you're going to have Larry Fitzgerald. David Johnson obviously still be there for a while. you got a young wide receiver, a rookie, and Christian Kirk, who I like. Uh, but overall, what do you think of these playmakers here for the Cardinals? Uh, overall, I mean, I like Christian Kirk. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald's obviously on the back nine. Uh, they need better. Um, I like David Johnson. So I think I would have to give them maybe a B-minus in terms of what is around Josh Rosen. Um, they still need to go out and find a way to find a legitimate number one. I don't know if Christian Kirk could be that number one. I still think you need another guy that could be um, a high-level starter on the outside. Uh, you have to have someone that can replace Larry Fitzgerald. And I think the tight end position, I know they have Ricky Seals-Jones and some other guys, but maybe finding a big-time tight end, an established tight end, someone that can come and really command some attention to alleviate some of the pressure on those guys on the outside. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'll give a B-minus on that one. I look at the protection. Uh, like Mason Cole, I think he's going to be a good player, a rookie center for them. Um, when you look at uh, Justin Pugh and Iapati, you got a couple of veterans there. I think you're solid on the interior. DJ Humphreys has been a little bit of a roller coaster ride. 
throughout his career. Andre Smith is an aging veteran. I could see them trying to add a tackle in the offseason. But I think protection-wise, just individual talent-wise, not bad. Uh, I think I'll go with uh, I'll go with the B there on protection, Buck. You with me there? Look at that. How about that? I mean, I think the protection has been better than we imagined it would be. We really worried about their ability to kind of hold up. But they've been okay. And the quarterback, the young quarterback, has done, done a good job of getting the ball out of his hands, not taking a lot of unnecessary hits and sacks in the pocket. Um, I think they're improving overall offensively in terms of the weapons and what we have in front of him. All right, I'm going to let you go here with Mike McCoy. You know him extremely well. I know him extremely uh, how well. How he's done and I, running this offense. Man, I know him extremely well, and I know he's 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 really under a lot of heat. Um, I think he's in a tough position because he's dealing with a young quarterback. But I kind of think they should have had a plan in place to get the young guy going. And so the fact that people are already calling for his job makes me just kind of wonder, is he being stubborn when it comes to the creativity that you need to help a young quarterback um, – thrive and succeed we've seen it before we saw him do it with tim tebow but for whatever reason it hasn't been jobbing maybe he has the yips from his experience dealing with the charges but i think this guy is a really good coordinator we just haven't seen it kind of play out in arizona so right now i'll probably give him a c c plus maybe being go c plus all right we go c plus there uh last one here and we can zip through this one because lamar jackson hasn't been out there but if he did get the keys to the car next year if they decide for some reason to move on from joe flacco which the way he's playing i wouldn't anticipate uh, but just looking at this Ravens group, playmaker-wise, Buck, what do you think? Playmaker-wise, the Baltimore Ravens have, have kind of upgraded. I like what they're getting from Willie Sneed. Michael Crabtree has been a nice chain mover. Uh, the tight ends, they're, they're getting some production out there. I think they've done a good job. I'm not crazy excited about them, but I give them a B because I think they're just solid. Yeah, solid, and, and they have. It's a lot of different guys. I don't know if there's a true number one, but a lot of places – to go with the football and good depth and, and uh, production they're getting out of the runners, especially Alex Collins. you got Buck Allen in there uh, as well, and they've got a bunch of tight ends, as you mentioned. Haven't really cranked up the rookie James Hurst, their first-rounder, but you got Max Williams. Uh, you, you've got Nick Boyle. You've got some guys there. Mark Andrews, another rookie who's I think he might be leading all rookie tight ends and catches. Uh, he's doing a nice job there for him. So some good weapons. I'll give him a B. Protection-wise, man, I'll give him an A. I mean, they, they have a very good offensive line. Ronnie Stanley's playing well when I watch them. Uh, we saw Alex Lewis get uh, hurt the other day. It looks like he's going to be okay. That's a good thing. Marshall Yonda still playing at an all-pro level. And James Hurst, from what James Hurst was when he entered the league coming out of North Carolina to what he is now, man, he has vastly improved. I- I'm going to give this uh, protection an in- A grade here. I mean, street free agent James Hurst being able to come off the street and find a way to be productive, I think that's exactly what you want from those guys. You wouldn't imagine those guys being starters, but when I look at the Baltimore Ravens, they've been solid at the point of attack. They've been able to run the ball a little bit. And in their best games – they put up big production in terms of the numbers of yards and even the points. So, overall, I think the protection, the O-line has played pretty, pretty well, better than expectations from my standpoint. All right, and then uh, I'll give you the final word here with Marty Morningwood as the play caller. You know, it's a mixed bag with Marty, and I love Marty. Marty coached me <laughs> at, at Green Bay, but sometimes he can be fascinated with the passing game. And when I look at the Baltimore Ravens and I look at the identity of their team, You're talking about a team that has the best defense in football right now. And so offensively, you need to play to the strengths of that. That means run the ball, be a little more conservative, don't put the ball in harm's way. And I just think it's tough for Marty Mornwick and Greg Roman to avoid the temptation of showing everybody how smart they are and what is on their Cheesecake Factory menus on game day. (laughs) If they could just dial it back a little bit, I think the Baltimore Ravens legitimately could be one of the teams that could be a tough out for anybody when we get into the postseason. So what are you slapping? You just give him a B plus, B? Yeah, I give him a B. I give him a B. B. All right, B. I give B, B it is. Well, there you go. That was a fun exercise, man. Healthy. I felt like we've accomplished something. There. You feel better That's about it. everything now? I, I do. I do. 
I do. Let's uh, let's switch over to some college here uh, to keep this train rolling here. Big news, Nick Bosa has withdrawn uh, from Ohio State. He's going to focus on health and training, Buck, to get ready for the NFL draft. He has played his last college snap. The obvious question I'm sure that you'll get, I'll get when we're doing radio interviews around the country, does this impact his draft grade that he's left his college team to go get ready for the draft? Uh, let's see. How can we say this? Uh, no. <laughs> no, doesn't impact it at all. Uh, in fact, I think some will be happy that he's no longer at risk for further injury. Like, let's get on with the process. Let's go on with getting ready, get prepared for the draft. We know he's a top five player, maybe even the best player in the draft. Let's get to that. Let's check him out. He has more than enough tape for us to see. We've seen him play in big games. We've seen him dominate elite competition. I don't know much, what more we can see from him from an evaluation standpoint. Let's get him healthy. Let's get him right. Let's let him look like an A-plus player when he gets to the combine in February. Quick question here, uh, Buck. The uh, two favorites for NFL Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year right now, who would you say would be the two leading vote getters right now if we were to have that vote. It would have to be Bradley Chubb and Denzel Ward, right? I was going to go, well, this Oh, Darius Leonard. Jerry, Darius Leonard, well, too. Well, right? no, I was even going to go. I was going to go Derwin James, Ooh. Denzel Ward, God, so many guys. Bradley Chubb. What do all three of those guys have in common? Did you watch their bowl games last year, Buck? Uh, uh, I, I did, and I didn't see them. I didn't see them there. <laughs> did not see them there. How's that worked out for them so far? It's worked out pretty well for them. It's worked I mean, out The college really, coaches really aren't well. going to want to hear that. They get mad at us, but the facts are the facts. It did not impact their draft status one bit. It did not impact them being ready to roll and, and playing at a very high level. Uh, it's something that, you know, I think we're going to see a lot more of it. This, you know, maybe he could have come back and, and been healthy and helped Ohio State go on and win a national championship, and, you know, he, he would be missing out in that standpoint of that experience. But I think you keep the main thing the main thing and say, i got to get healthy. It's time to get to the, the earning portion of my career. The earning portion, absolutely. It's time to get the money. It's time for it to be business, and I think he's making a smart business decision by going ahead and letting everyone know, I'm done. I'm no longer a Buckeye, or I'm a retired Buckeye. Everything. Yeah, there you go. So uh, we've got one Bosa. Actually, both Bosa's are injured right now. We'll see when Joey's going to come back for the Chargers, and Nick Bosa is done there with Ohio State. All right, let's uh, get to a couple things we saw last weekend from uh, the college football field, then we'll get into our interview here before we wrap this podcast up. Uh, LSU, Buck, did you call that one, by the way? Did you call LSU? I did call that one. I did call, and it was one of the the few that I I got right. But LSU came up. I felt like coming off that loss to Florida, they would be smarting, and their defense is pretty good. They came and got with them. I didn't think they would blast them like that, but pretty big win for the Tigers. Devin White, man, linebacker for LSU, from the little bit that I've seen on tape and then what you see when you're just, you know, scouring uh, through the games and, and watching on TV. Woo, real man, dude. is he expl- – he can roll. I mean, he is real. the modern linebacker. And LSU, this is the next one in line. I mean, they've had one of these guys. Who are they all? They've got uh, – they had Quan Alexander. Um, they had uh, uh, Deion Jones. They've had – who's the other one I'm missing? Um, they've had three guys. It was just like boom, 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 boom. They keep just spitting out – Duke Riley, thank you, Sully. Nice, nice work out of the bullpen. Um, he's the next one in line. Unbelievable what they've been able to do. Like they, they make it hard. All right, next next one. I know Michigan. They thrashed Wisconsin. I actually ran into uh, to Melvin Gordon. The the was it that night? Yeah, it was later that night. Getting a snack down in the hotel, and uh, I was like, man, rough night. He was he was not in a good mood after uh, watching Wisconsin <laughs> just get pounded by Michigan. 
But I just want to ask you real quick, Buck, you know him real well, and I haven't studied him yet. I just see a little bit on TV. Is Shea Patterson, is he an NFL quarterback or is he just a good college quarterback? I don't know, man. I was really excited about him heading to the thing. I'm beginning to lean more towards the latter, more of a college quarterback. Good player, run around, make some plays. But what I thought he was and what he's turned out to be is a little different. I don't know if he is athletic enough or dynamic enough to kind of be a runaround playmaker at the next level. And he's been good and I've great for Michigan. Some of that is probably due to the transition. Uh, I'm going to give an incomplete in terms of his grade, but I'm wondering if he's good enough to be an NFL prospect. Great question. The next one here, um, this team lost. Auburn lost. I don't remember who they lost to. Uh, but they did lose. I don't want to talk about the team that beat him. Mean, that's kind of a, this is kind of irrelevant. Let's, uh, let's talk about Auburn here and uh, and Jared Stidham. Buck. You're out of I your mean, mind. <laughs> <laughs> Wide receiver U is back, boys. Oh, it's you back. Are. Three and three, five hundred football for the Volunteers. Congratulations, Sully. That's big, man. It is big when you when you. Uh, Pull back a little bit and consider the last SEC win was November 2016. It is it is nice to be three and three. Ooh, we'll take how it. Is that possible with your resources to, to be that bad for so long? Uh, when you have Butch Lyle Jones as your head coach, uh, anything wow. is possible. Shots fired. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. Yeah. Very wow. personal. Very, very personal with Sully. Very, very, very. I'm just saying. Congratulations. I ran into it. Ran into did, the tank. Uh, I did. I did. And who was I responsible did. for it before then? Uh, you can go Dooley as well. <laughs> And then you can go Mike and Hamilton. It, and then who was, who was responsible for that? Lane Kiffin is pretty much the genesis of it. Lane Train. Oh, man. Yeah. <gasps> Woo. But, yeah, it was, was nice to get see, off the schneid. I was hoping I was going to see how long it would take Sully to jump in. If I just, I was going to just skip over the game entirely on the rundown and just not mention it and see just if the hair just, like, <laughs> just flew off of his head. Uh, but I do want to talk about Stidham real quick in all seriousness, Buck. Man, the, the the excitement coming into the season, and then, I don't know, he's just mm. kind of shell-shocked with how bad they are up front, um, their inconsistency running the football. But, man, it, the I, the bloom's Missing off the deep road. Shot I guess after deep be, shot. Yeah, I just, man, it's, it's not just, good. It's just, not good. For all the excitement, I was very excited about him coming into the season. It's just it hasn't worked out. No, it hasn't worked out. Like, I just can't figure out, like, what – what has happened, and some will put it on, oh, he's a misfit in Gus Malzahn's offense. But I think the talent would, would shine. Like, we would have enough moments that we'd be like, yeah, the offense isn't necessarily great for him. But, look, you can see the talent. You can do those things. He just hasn't played well enough, especially when you have some other guys that are really crushing it. Um, I just think it's hard to continue to talk about him the way that we talk about some of the top guys um, that potentially could be in the draft. No doubt, uh, Oregon, Washington. Um, I didn't get, I did not get a chance to see much of this game. I know it was kind of a wild affair, but I was running around, didn't get a chance to see it. I want to watch it on tape. But uh, your thoughts? I don't know how much you, of that game that you saw there. Oh, with with uh, with Herbert. Oh, I mean Herbert. Herbert is the deal. Herbert yeah. is the deal. I think what's going to be interesting about the Herbert conversation will be the same conversation that we've had with the Joe Flacco's and the Brock Osweilers and even the Pascal Lynch. Can he be too tall for the position? because he's 6'5", almost 6'6". He's super athletic. We haven't seen many guys that tall who've had success in the league. I think he's different. I think he's dynamic. He's explosive. He's smart. He plays the game the right way. He's tough because we've seen him take big shots and get up. Um, I just kind of like what they're doing up at Autzen Stadium, up in Eugene, Oregon, with the Oregon Ducks and their quarterback. I'm really excited about him, and I'm excited to see him continue to evolve and grow. Well, speaking of excited, I'm excited to uh, to bring on our next guest, who is 
one of the premier players, one of the best players in all of college football. Could not be more excited to have Houston's Ed Oliver join the show. All right, Buck, I could not be more fired up to have our next guest on the show here. One of the most dominating players in college football over the last several seasons. Uh, Houston defensive lineman Ed Oliver joining the show. Ed, how you doing, man? Doing fine. Just happy to be on the show. Well, we're, we're pumped to have you on here. We, we want to start back at the beginning. I know you told the story many times, but just for those that, in our audience that haven't heard it, uh, as one of the most highly recruited players in the country, you decide to go to Houston. Uh, what mm-hmm. went into that decision, and why did you land there? Uh, my brother was here. Um, old head coach from my high school was here. He was right here in the city. I love what Tom Herman had going. Um, just the whole atmosphere was right. And uh, I don't know, it was a hell of a time in Houston, and I feel like I, j- I joined at the right time. You know, it's, it's just uncommon for a guy who's a five-star recruit to stay, not only stay at home, but to play maybe at a school that is not deemed like a major power. Uh, when you did that and you made that decision with your eye towards the NFL, how did you think you could use your experience and your time in Houston to put you in a situation to be a top draft pick? Well, I knew I was going to have to come in and compete just like anywhere in college football. I had, a, uh, I think, a fifth-year senior in front of me with uh, who was all-conference the year before, so I knew I had to come in and go to work. So it just took it like any college uh, football player would take. You had to compete, go to work every day for your job, and that's what I did when I came in. I want to go back to when you were in high school, man, because when I see you and I see how explosive you are and how athletic you are on the football field, uh, something I'm, I'm, I don't know I don't know the background, but I'm guessing you had to have played multiple sports going up and, and then through high school. Tell us a little bit about your athletic background, man, because it jumps off the tape. I only played football. Crazy enough, I only played football. I did track. I did uh, shot putting discus, but that's not anything just super athletic. Uh, I played street basketball, nothing organized. It's just – I don't know. I'm just, How did they keep I, you off the bat? How did they keep you off the basketball team in high school? I'm only I'm only six two, so you ain't going to the league at <laughs> six two, six two, two hundred seventy pound guy. You ain't going to the league, and when I heard that, I was like, uh, "You probably right." So, no reason for me to even play. Um, so, in thinking about that, and thinking about uh, the uniqueness that you bring to the D tackle position. Are there any guys that you study, be it college, be it in the NFL, that you can try to take little things to add to your game? Um, like I say uh, in all my interviews, I watch I watch a lot of D linemen, regardless of status or uh, how many people know them, and I just take little bits and pieces from their game and put it into mine. If it's effective, and it's affecting the game and affecting the way they play in a positive way. I take it, take little bits and pieces. It could be anywhere from Aaron Donald to. Uh, uh, Harrison uh, that plays for New York. So from from any one of those guys to guys that playing in high school to guys playing in college uh, to even guys on my team, I just take little bits and pieces that positive uh, positive to the game, and I just use it. Where do you like lining up most? When I when I watch you on tape and I see you in, a, in kind of in a zero or a one, and I, I'm selfishly want to see you kick out to the three a little bit and, and do more there. You'd get some work in there, but where do you like lining up the most? Yeah, whatever. I like I like lining up where they try to stop me. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I like to be. You want to double team me? Okay, let's get it. That... But in the three, in the three, I'm unstoppable. You cannot block me in the three technique. I'm sorry. That's why I want to see you in the three more, man. I'm selfish. I want to see you, you get out to block the three me in the nose guard. You can't block me in the nose guard. You can't block me nowhere. Okay, so in saying that, and 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 like if we were to look at tape, 
uh, together, you're watching yourself. What makes you so unstoppable, unblockable at the nose tackle and the three technique spot? You gotta take it, gotta take it back further than the film. You gotta go to off season. You gotta go to workouts. You gotta watch them in the weight room. You gotta watch the way I run. You gotta watch them in practice. You gotta. It's, it's more than just what I put on tape. Is it's the grind behind the grind that people don't get to see, and we don't put out there for people to see. But that's that's where I prepare myself. We saw a little glimpse of it. That that clip kind of went viral of you doing some footwork stuff uh, in the off season. Tell us a little that, bit about that, what you're working on in the off season. That's me having fun. That's not that's not me putting the bar on my back. That's not me uh, in the weight room. That's not me uh, summer conditioning. That's just me having fun. That's fun to me. That's 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 essentially me playing football. But not that's not the ground I'm talking about. I'm talking about the actual hard nose, getting yourself ready, getting your body ready, working out, things like that. I put in triple time in the weight room. So in thinking about that, you're putting in triple time in the weight room. What exercises do you think are the ones that have really helped you the most when it comes to dominating at the defensive line? Squats, power, power clean. cleans. Power clean. Power clean, hands down, power clean. Uh, all explosion out your hips. And power clean, uh, power clean. I think, uh, probably Bulgarians, squats. So power clean, Bulgarians, that's the most football-related lift. I'm, I'm a strong squatter too, but I think – more so probably. No, I love it, man. Getting down, doing a little dirty work there in the weight room. All right, Ed, one of the things we like to do with, with players when we have them roll through here is, is talk about the three H's. And we'll start first with just the hardship. What, what's, a, what's a hardship you've had to endure uh, during your life? Could be football-related, could be off-the-field-related, but just give us an example of something you've had to work through in your life and you've come out the other side. Um. I wouldn't say anything has just been a, a major obstacle in my life. I feel like I've been very blessed uh, with minimum minimal hardships. I wouldn't call it a hardship. I just call it a little bit of adversity. Um, the I don't I couldn't even give you a hardship in my life. My parents have been so great to me. God has blessed me honestly, and I, I just I really couldn't give you a hardship to be honest, to be completely honest with you. Uh, what's been the biggest highlight? of your life? What's been the biggest thing that you're mm -hmm. most proud of today? Coming to college and playing with my brother, uh, keeping my family together, uh, because if we went to go play at different schools, that would be hard on them choosing between the two. And, uh, yeah, I think that would be probably be my greatest highlight. Not any award, but me coming to play college football with my brother. All right, how about your hero? Who's your hero, man? Hero? Probably be my brother. My brother, my dad. Those two would be my hero. My dad is story. Give us a little background on that. Uh, my brother put football in my life, so I followed his footsteps with the football. And then my dad, he taught me discipline, uh, respect. Uh, he taught me how to take care of animals, um, just things like that, responsibility. He instilled all that into me. He, he was hard on me growing up because he knew I could be great. You know, and thinking about being great, uh, what are some of the things that you would hope to accomplish in football, be it at the collegiate level, be it at the pro level, what would be some of the things that personally you would feel like at the end of Ed Oliver's career, if I'm able to do these things, I would feel good about what I've done? Well, short-term goal would be this season, winning a bowl game and winning a conference championship. That would be some things that, that would never be forgotten at the University of Houston in the, in the era that I played in. When I left, I won a conference championship in a bowl game. Um that's something that doesn't happen every year here. So if I could just change the stigma and win that before I go, that'd be that'd be nice. 
Last story from me. I just want to get one one personal story here from you, just from being on the field. Have you had a moment? A lot of times you see people that try and talk trash and down in the trenches and try and say stuff. Is there anything that's happened with you on the practice field, maybe when you first got started on a game field, where you had somebody that maybe tried to be Tommy Tough Guy and tried to try to say, hey, I want to get a little piece of Ed Oliver, and it didn't work out so well? <laughs> yeah, I had a couple run-ins when I first got here. A uh, five-star athlete coming to group of five school. Uh, he's big time. He's Ed Oliver. No, that, that wasn't me. I went to work. I did what I was supposed to do, but I did have a couple run-ins with my teammates, and I earned my respect. Man. <laughs> Gotta like that. No nonsense, Ed <laughs> Oliver. All right, one thing I want to ask you, Ed, you had the, the, the pleasure and the opportunity to go against Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. Uh, what are the differences between taking those two guys down in terms of Mayfield and Jackson? Um, honestly, uh, we had a great game plan to put me in position. Uh, I had to chase both of them, so both of them were, were uh, aware in the pocket. Uh, amazing quarterbacks, but I don't know. When we played them, we had amazing game plans. Put me in position. I, I, all I had to do was execute. Oh, Ed, man, you are, you are a fun player to watch, man. We can't thank you enough uh, for giving us some time here today. Best of luck the rest of the season, and I'm sure we'll be catching up with you in the spring here, man. Congratulations on Appreciate your great run so far. Look forward to following you, man. Well, there you have it, Buck. Uh, one of the guys we'll be talking an awful lot about as we lead up to the draft. It was great to catch up uh, with Mr. Ed Oliver. Man, he's he's a terrific player. Uh, obviously, you see how serious he is about his craft, the amount of preparation that he goes into it, being in the weight room and the film room. He's a talented player. I can't wait to really dig into him and evaluate him because I think he's going to be one of the top guys that we talk about. All business. Ed Oliver, that's how I would describe him. He is all business, man. He's uh, Anyways, he's a fun player to watch. going to be a fun player to really dig in and evaluate as we get to- closer uh, toward the spring there. But, man, jam-packed episode today, Buck. I thought we covered a lot of ground, a lot of fun today. Did have a lot of fun. I'm excited about the guys that we were able to talk to today, and I'm excited about this weekend football games, not only in pro but in college. Oh, we got some goodies out there. Looking we forward to goodies. it. And App State knocking on the door of the top 25, Buck. I think we're one win away, baby. <laughs> Woo! They're still, they're still, oh, they're still knocking on the door. They're not. We're knocking on the door, man. Not, when we, and when we order, get in, not ordering, and when we get in that top in. 25, don't even think for a second I'm not going to have research look up the last time North Carolina was in the top 25 because I'm going to unleash, I'm going to unleash all the research. Oh, it's only been a couple. It's out. only been a couple years. It's only been. Was uh, <laughs> I think they're like, were they a top 25 team? I mean, they might. Oh, the year before because you guys went to the championship game. That's right. Yeah, it was, might, uh, who was the quarterback? Who was your quarterback? Marquise. There you go. Williams. Marquise. Yeah. Yep, there you go. That's right. That's probably what three, four years ago. Not bad. It might have been. It might have been a little bit. But we're, you know, we're okay with that. Guys, we're okay with used that. To talk though. about you guys. People used to talk about you. it's a program of the past, man. There's nothing wrong. With that. <laughs> the, I mean, the, the, there is no excuse for App State to be higher ranked than the University of North Carolina. No, Basketball school, man. They've already moved on. Temporary setback. Temporary, temporary setback. setback for a major comeback. <laughs> that buyout's too high, so you got to wait a year. we gotta, we got to uh, wait right. a little bit. we got to wait a little <laughs> bit. That's going to do it for us today. Thank you guys for listening uh, to Move the Sticks. He's Bucky Brooks. I'm Daniel Jeremiah. And a huge shout-out. Uh, I think we've only got one more show left with our guy, Sean Sullivan. Sully back there. Sully, you hanging in there, buddy? You got a little tears in your yes, eyes sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Keeping it together today. I don't know about tomorrow. I like that. Uh, we got one more to go. Uh, we're, we'll, we'll give you some more information on uh, what Sully's got coming up in his world on the next episode. Thank you guys for listening. Download, tell a friend, all that good stuff. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.